Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Guess what, Bango? What's that, Will? You're probably not going to be surprised to hear this, but I think I'm ready for another spice challenge. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah, I've been training. I'm serious about this. Now, listeners, so you know, Mango and I both love spicy foods. It almost took professional help for me to break my unhealthy addiction to jalapeno kettle chips. This was a few years <laughs> oh, yeah. ago. Of course, I just traded it out for another habit, and so now I eat at least a couple of atomic fireballs every day. That's probably an understatement. Maybe there's four <laughs> or five. But when it comes to eating spicy food, I always think I'm a spice champ until I eat with mango. So we'll go to an Indian or a Szechuan place, we'll order up a few dishes with some extra spice, our food comes out. And that's when the sweating starts. Ah, it's so irritating because <laughs> I love the spiciness. I honestly do. But you'll be over there downing all this crazy spicy stuff, even requesting these extra spice bombs like you do at the ramen place. And it doesn't seem to affect you at all. Meanwhile, 10 minutes in, I look like I've just finished a marathon. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, I've told you, it doesn't matter, right? It's just as long as you enjoy the food. Yeah, but the wait staff always seems concerned, and you just look at them. It's like you guys have this secret unspoken language. You'll just <laughs> nod, and with that simple nod, it's as if you're saying, like, it's okay, he's fine, he's just from Alabama, not India. And then they look at you, and they nod as if to say, we felt pretty safe in assuming he's not from India, but are, are you sure he's okay? I mean, just look <laughs> at him over there. It's amazing, this language that you guys have. You look back as if to say, trust me, he's fine. This happens every time. But if you have a couple of bath towels, you know, one for his forehead and one to soak up the pool on the floor, that, that, that would be great. Well, I'm pretty sure that's all in your head. We don't have any sort of secret language, but I do have these cards printed up that say, uh, what you're about to see isn't pretty, but don't panic. Oh, really? Well... <laughs> That's thoughtful of you. But either way, we both love spicy food. And the science of spicy food is fascinating to both of us. So we had so many questions going into this episode. How did humans evolve to enjoy spicy food? What does it predict about our personalities if we enjoy that spicy kick? And is there any evidence that eating spicy foods could help us live longer? So let's get started.
Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Part-Time Genius. I'm Will Pearson. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mangesh Hotticketer. And on the other side of the soundproof glass, demonstrating just how well he can take the heat. That's our friend and producer, Tristan McNeil. Now, I really do wish our listeners could see this because Tristan's assembled this spicy food feast for the ages here. I mean, look at this stuff that he's eating. He's got an order of drunken noodles, Mm -hmm. a Sichuan hot pot, a bowl of five alarm chili, (laughs) a pile of ghost pepper chicken wings. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he's just going to town on (laughs) all of it. This guy is a machine. I honestly feel he's just like showing off at this point. I feel like he should have like that cartoon steam coming out of his ears. But yes. Even broken a sweat. It is a little bit eerie. Well, all right. Well, you know, while most people enjoy adding at least a little spice to their meals, some can definitely handle the heat better than others. So we'll take a look at why that is a little bit later in the show. But to kick things off, I thought we should talk about what makes spicy foods taste hot in the first place. Or really, I should say what makes us think that spicy foods taste hot. Because as you might remember from one of our earlier episodes, the one we did on the science of flavor, spicy isn't really a taste at all. In reality, the burning sensations we feel from spicy foods, those are the result of our sense of touch rather than from taste or smell. Yeah, I remember it involves like some sort of chemical trickery, right? Like it has something to do with how capsaicin interacts with our touch receptors. Yeah, that's right. So capsaicin, of course, is the chemical in the seeds and the tissue of the chili peppers that gives them their heat. And, you know, pepper plants actually evolve capsaicin as a protective measure. And this was to help them, you know, protect them against animals and insects so they can have a better shot at dispersing their seeds. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, when humans and other mammals eat chili peppers, we tend to make it so the seeds can't be germinated later when we we inevitably part ways with them. And we grind the seeds too much with our molars or else we destroy them completely in our harsh digestive tracts. So as a deterrent to this, pepper plants started producing a chemical that activates these special touch receptors. And they're found all over the inner layer of our skin. And that includes our mouths. Now, this receptor is called TRIP-V1, and it's the body's early warning system for hot temperatures. So think about it. If you sit out in the sun too long and your skin starts to burn a little, or when your hand grazes the hot stove and you know to pull it away really quickly, that's trip V1 at work. Hmm. And this is where the chemical trickery that you mentioned comes in because capsaicin actually works by lowering the energy needed to activate those trip V1 defenses. So while these receptors would typically read any mouth temperature over 109 degrees Fahrenheit as a burn— Once they've bonded with capsaicin, anything higher than 93 degrees Fahrenheit registers as dangerously hot. So that's interesting, but I mean, the the average mouth temperature for humans is 98.6, so capsaicin actually makes these receptors think your whole mouth is burning? Yeah, that's exactly what happens, and that's why it sometimes feels like your entire mouth is on fire when you eat something spicy, because, you know, as far as your brain knows, it, it actually is. So then if we have these touch receptors all over our body and not just in our mouths, why don't we feel like our skin is burning anytime we touch a chili pepper? Well, remember, we're talking about the inner layer of our skin that has these receptors. So we can really only feel the burn of a peppers on areas where our outer skin layer is thin enough for that capsaicin to get through. Mm. So the mouth is obviously one of the places, the eyes are another, and that's why you're never supposed to touch your eyes after you've been handling chili peppers. And there are also a few other thin-skinned places that we don't have to name here, but <laughs> you can probably use your imagination for these. Yeah, I actually remember reading this old Hungarian proverb about how good paprika burns twice. So I think I know what you're getting at. I love how you always try to find a way to use a Hungarian proverb, <laughs> but uh, I should mention that it's not just capsaicin that triggers this false flag-burning sensation. You know, research also shows that trippy one receptors also respond to other quote-unquote hot foods, including black pepper and ginger. 
And there's also TRPA1, the so-called wasabi receptor. And that's activated by a certain oil that's found in foods like horseradish and mustards, onions, garlic, cinnamon, and of course, wasabi. I like how at first glance it seems like all those plants have come up with this genius way of making themselves unpalatable to mammals. But then when you think about it, there's this one stubborn species that doesn't seem to have gotten the memo right, and that's humans. Mm -hmm. Like, we love our spicy foods, and we even have contests just to see how much heat we can stomach. Yeah, it's weird that we do these things that cause pain or at least make us think that we're in pain. It is pretty strange when you you think about it. But there was this one researcher who was a professor of psychology. His name was Paul Rosen. This was back in the 1980s. And he actually proved that there is a connection between thrill-seeking and eating spicy foods. So here's how Rosen puts it. He says, Humans and only humans seem to get pleasure out of innately negative experiences when they are aware that the body's signals are not really threatening. There's a term for it. He calls it benign masochism. (laughs) And it's the same inclination that makes it fun to ride a roller coaster or watch a scary movie. I mean, all these things provoke these real biological responses in our bodies But since we know at some level there's no real danger, the end result is actually a pleasurable feeling rather than this purely painful one. So I actually read up on where that pleasure stems from, and the answer was pretty surprising because it turns out while men and women both enjoy spicy foods, the reason why they do it are completely different. So for women, research shows that they simply like the burning sting that spicy foods provide. And since capsaicin has been known to trigger the release of endorphins, you know, maybe that's not so surprising, right? It makes you feel good. but. Men, on the other hand, tend to partake in spicy foods because they like the attention it brings. Oh, we like attention, huh? (laughs) We love that spotlight. So (laughs) there's no denying that downing a whole plate of, like, hot wings, you know, is going to get you some street cred in some circles. And our culture actually views being able to withstand spicy foods as a sign of strength. Mm -hmm. And the lust for that kind of, like, social glory, that seems to drive male spicy food fans more than anything else. Well, that actually makes sense in light of a study I was reading about from a few years ago. There are researchers at the University of Grenoble, and they got together 114 men, and they brought them together in a testing lab and had them sit down to a meal of mashed potatoes and hot sauce. I I don't know why that was the (laughs) combo. I don't know why it needed to be mashed potatoes, but actually, I would do this. But how much hot sauce was to be used was completely up to the participants. Now, in the end, the men who used the most were also the ones with the highest levels of testosterone. Not only that, but those who had the spiciest palates also shared tendencies toward social dominance, aggression, and risk-taking, all of which have been linked already to high testosterone. It's kind of crazy how much of a predictor someone's personality can be for whether or not they like spicy foods. Like, right. Apparently, people who are into action movies and really adventurous hobbies are six times more likely to enjoy hot foods than those who prefer tamer pastimes. Which is why I know you were not part of this study, because I know you <laughs> love spicy foods. But if I think about all the movies you've recommended over the years, the ones that had the most action in them were probably, I don't know, like Rushmore and <laughs> Amelie, maybe. I mean, like the least action-packed movies ever. So I do love to read those descriptions of like aggression and dominance and all that. So, Although there is something great about it. I worked in this Italian restaurant where all the wait staff was Mexican, and, mm-hmm. and they were doing this thing where they got these cucumbers and they put all the spice on it, and they were calling the students over and one by one giving them it, these cucumbers. Oh, really? And then, uh, and then everyone's mouth was on fire. And then they called me over and they were like, watch, watch watch, you know, and, <laughs> and they handed me one. It's like, you know, it wasn't that spicy. It felt like yeah. a superpower for yeah. me. <laughs> That's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And I do wonder if it's always been that way. Like, is that how humans started eating spicy food to begin with? You imagine like this 
prehistoric daredevil that came along and decided to chew through that burn because he liked the adrenaline boost? Or I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was reading about this archaeological dig from a few years ago where these researchers found evidence that Europeans had been spicing up their food for way longer than we once thought. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, apparently they found the remains of cooking pots from more than 6,000 years ago at three different dig sites, and this is in northern Europe. And Inside the pots, they found these bits of plant residue, some of which looked a lot like modern-day garlic mustard seeds. So, I mean, but what makes you sure that they were eating the seeds for the heat specifically? Well, mustard seeds, like most spicy plants we've been talking about, have next to no nutritional value. So they wouldn't have been providing much energy on their own, but they definitely would have added like a sharp bite to whatever else was on the menu. And that's ultimately what researchers believe we're dealing with here, the earliest known use of spices in cooking. That is pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, I always assume prehistoric humans had these bland diets for the most part. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but just think about what was available. So I just imagine like lots of cooked meat and whatever edible plants they could scrounge up that might help them just survive with that being the main goal. So it is kind of fun to hear that they might have been experimenting with different foods and, I don't know, adding flavor just for flavor's sake. Yeah, and I'm actually glad our ancestors were willing to try new things because that's likely why spicy foods taste so good to us in the first place. What do you mean? I thought we were in agreement that spiciness is is more of a mouthfeel and not a taste. Yeah, I mean, we explain why our bodies register certain foods as hot, but those foods still carry their own flavors, too. I I mean, think about what a chili pepper tastes like, right? It feels hot, but it tastes kind of earthy or bitter or maybe even mildly fruity. So you're saying we inherited a taste for those flavors from, like, as far back as cavemen? Well, I mean, maybe not cavemen exactly, but these beneficial traits are passed down both culturally and genetically, and that includes our preferences for specific flavors. All right, but... Is liking the flavor of spicy foods a beneficial trait? I mean, you just said that most spices have basically zero nutritional value, though, right? That's true, but you've got to keep in mind that spices have these antimicrobial properties that can be very useful for preventing food spoilage. Mm -hmm. So think about chilies and other hot peppers. They can actually kill up to 75% of foodborne bacteria. And then spices like garlic, onion, oregano, that can actually wipe out the full 100%. So while today we mostly use spices to enhance our food's flavor, many researchers actually think the original reason for using spices was to kill that foodborne bacteria and fungi. And if that's the case, like the people who ate those foods with antibacterial spices were likely the healthiest ones in their communities. And not only would these prehistoric chefs have passed on their cooking tips to their offspring, they also would have likely passed along this taste for spicy, bacteria-killing cuisine. Huh. I think I get it. And so from an evolutionary perspective, it makes sense to have taste receptors that are well-tuned to spicy flavors because, you know, ultimately that would make us likely to seek out foods that are protected against spoilage and I guess in theory would keep us alive longer. Exactly. And making this connection between microbes and spices was no easy task. A research team at Cornell only pulled it off by scouring a mountain of data, and this included nearly 5,000 recipes from 93 cookbooks, and it represented the traditional meat-based cuisines of, I guess, 36 countries. Mm -hmm. And in the end, the researchers were able to conclude that, quote, recipes are a record of the history of the evolutionary race between us and our parasites. The micros are competing with us for the same food. Everything we do with food, drying, cooking, smoking, salting, or adding spices— is an attempt to keep from being poisoned by our microscopic competitors. They're constantly mutating and evolving to stay ahead of us. One way we reduce foodborne illnesses is to add another spice to the recipe. Of course, that makes the food taste different, and the people who learn to like the new taste are healthier for it. 
All right, well, speaking of health, I do want to take a closer look at what spicy foods can and can't do to our bodies, including whether they can actually help us live longer. But before we crank up the heat, let's cool off with a quick break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You're listening to Part-Time Genius, and we're talking about the mouth-watering science behind some of our favorite spicy foods. All right, Mango, so a minute ago, you were telling us about the ability that certain spices have to repel bacteria. And humans aren't the only animal to reap that benefit. For example, I was reading about a study where researchers at Virginia Tech found that when chickens infected with salmonella eat a capsation-heavy diet, the germs within their internal organs are reduced by half when you compare those to infected chickens that just eat a normal diet. (laughs) So, I mean, I've got to ask, if you were to eat the chili-eating chickens, like, would they taste spicier? You know, knowing how much I used to love the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's, don't you think I thought about this? <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time wondering this, but sure. I'm afraid the answer is no. And they actually got a taste panel together to determine that the flavor of the chilies did not make its way into the meat. And by the way, can you imagine being on this taste panel, <laughs> being served a plate of chicken that was once riddled with salmonella? I feel like the lack of spice would be the least of my worries in that one. I know. Well, it, what's crazy to me is that those chickens must have scarfed down like a ton of chilies to kill such a large percentage of bacteria. Mm-hmm. And yet they didn't even feel the pepper's heat one bit. And this is something else I know we touched on in our uh, flavor episode. But mm-hmm. the reason for the chicken's immunity is that the birds actually lack that trip V1 food receptor. And that actually makes them ideal customers for chili peppers because birds' digestive tracts are much easier on seeds than those of mammals. All right, so chili peppers and birds have a pretty good thing going with one another, but I I do want to be selfish and and talk a little bit more about what spicy foods can do for us, Mango. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because the compounds found in our go-to spices actually have medicinal properties that humans have relied on for centuries. 
For instance, you've probably heard that some spices contain properties that reduce inflammation, including turmeric, ginger, and garlic. And there was even a study out of UCLA a few years back where researchers used capsaicin to hinder the growth of prostate cancer cells. And this was, this was in mice, and, and it actually left their healthy cells intact. Now, to be fair, there isn't much evidence to suggest that eating chilies can prevent you from getting cancer. But if nothing else, I mean, the research gives some hope that peppers could help keep the disease in check sometime in the future. Well, and and there's another area where scientists hope to harness this power of spice, and that's with pain management. So we explained earlier how capsaicin activates receptors that trigger that familiar burning sensation in our mouths. But what we didn't mention is that our ability to perceive that burn is deadened the longer the chemical stays in your mouth. And so how does that work? Well, there's this mysterious compound, it's called a substance P, and that's involved in this pain perception. And it gets released when the capsaicin activates our pain receptors, but after a while, our body's supply gets depleted and the brain stops receiving these pain signals altogether. So, of course, capsaicin's ability to drain substance P and pain perception is an exciting prospect for the medical community. In fact, it's already been used in uh, these topical creams to treat arthritis, and there's actually hope that it can be applied to anesthesia and painkillers at some point, too. Yeah, so this is a little off topic, but you mentioned how capsaicin continues to burn for as long as it stays in our mouths. And actually, I'm just curious, is there a way to get it out of there faster? Because you always hear that milk is great for soothing the burning mouth, but most of the time when I'm eating something spicy, I don't have a glass of milk next to me. So, But, but at least it's supposed to be better than water, but I've never actually fact-checked this. Yeah, so definitely don't bother with water. That that just spreads the capsaicin around your mouth without killing any of its heat. And instead, this is a case where the rumors really are true because milk can absolutely neutralize that chili burn. And that's because dairy products and capsaicin both contain nonpolar molecules, which are capable of dissolving one another. But that isn't milk's only trick because it also contains something called casein. And this protein is able to attract capsaicin molecules to itself So not only will milk or ice cream neutralize the capsaicin molecules it happens to touch, but it actually pulls any stragglers off of our TRPV1 receptors, and it dissolves those as well. Hmm. I'd always wondered whether that actually works, but that that makes sense. All right, well, there's one more potential health benefit to eating spicy foods that I want to talk about, and that's the idea that doing so will actually help you live longer. And believe it or not, there is some research to back up this claim. Back in 2015, there was an international team of researchers, and they were taking an in-depth look at the connection between spicy food consumption and longer lifespans. And what they found was that eating spicy food at least once a day for six or seven days a week can actually lower mortality rates by 14% when compared to eating spicy food just once a week. So I love this idea of eating spicy food (laughs) that many times a week, but... Who actually eats that much spicy food? I I don't know who does. Well, the researchers were very smart about this because they focused their study on Chinese people who tend to eat way more spicy dishes on average than most other cultures. And on that front, the team had no shortage of volunteers. They actually studied the diets of almost half a million people in China. Oh, wow. Now, all the participants were between the ages of 30 and 79. They all agreed to take part in the study for a full seven years. That's kind of amazing. So what did the study consist of exactly? Well, the participants were surveyed about how often they ate spicy foods and which kinds of spices that they liked most. And then the team followed up with them periodically to see how their health was holding up and if there were any major changes to their diets. Now, during the seven-year span of the study, more than 20,000 of these subjects died. 
But after factoring in things like smoking and income and several other factors, the scientists found that the daily chili eaters really did have a lower chance of dying prematurely. And not only was the overall risk of death lower for them, the mortality rate for specific causes was too. And, you know, this included conditions like cancer and certain forms of heart and respiratory disease as well. That's pretty incredible. But eating spicy foods every day is probably too much for people who weren't raised on that kind of diet. Was there any upside to like a more modest spicy food diet? Actually, there was. I was curious about the same thing. So the the researchers found that those who ate spicy food once or twice a week still had a mortality rate 10% lower than those of people who avoided spicy food altogether. Hmm. And while these are pretty modest numbers overall, it's still impressive that a single type of food could have that much of an effect on our risk of death. But in fairness, the study never actually proved causation. I mean, there could have been other factors beyond spicy food consumption that would, you know, give participants a longer lifespan than others. But, you know, if you're a fan of spicy foods already, I'd say upping your intake probably couldn't hurt. Well, I'm glad you gave that little disclaimer because one thing I noticed while researching is that there's an awful lot of misinformation out there about spicy foods. And, you know, the Internet is chock full of stories about how eating too many jalapenos will give you an ulcer or uh, how capsaicin can burn off your taste buds. So with that in mind, I thought it might be fun to take a look at some of these claims and see which ones hold water and which ones are just hot air. All right. That sounds good. But before we get to it, let's take another quick break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Okay, Mango, so let's debunk some fiery food myths. Where do you want to start? Definitely. So let's go with one I already mentioned, which is that spicy foods can cause ulcers and acid reflux. And this one gets a lot of traction because plenty of people report acid reflux or heartburn after eating chili peppers or hot sauce. And for a long time, doctors actually thought spicy foods were the main cause of ulcers and the like. But now we know better because scientists were able to identify the stomach bacteria that's actually responsible for these conditions. All right, well, what about the people who get heartburn or acid reflux after eating something spicy? Are you saying that's just a coincidence or what? 
No, definitely not. So hot peppers can certainly aggravate these kinds of pre-existing conditions, but they actually can't cause them. So someone who's been diagnosed with GERD, for instance, might want to steer clear of chilies, but there's no truth to the idea that eating too much spicy food will bring on these conditions in people who don't already have them. All right, well, what about this urban legend you sometimes hear about people overdosing on hot sauce? I mean, it sounds far-fetched, but... Some folks really put this stuff on everything. So the idea of using too much of it, I mean, it does maybe seem plausible. Mm -hmm. So believe it or not, this one's actually true. So capsaicin is a super deadly poison in its pure form, which is why most hot sauces only contain trace amounts of the substance. And still, if you consumed enough hot sauce, it could definitely do some damage. For example, there was this one study that concluded that a person of average weight would have to ingest nearly half a gallon of Tabasco sauce to overdose and pass out. So, of course, it would take a lot more than that to actually kill you, but it's totally possible in theory. You know, Mango, you can actually die from drinking too much water. I don't know if you, (laughs) I feel like maybe I should share this story, but if you remember when we were in college, we were sitting around on one of the quads there, and this reporter came up, and there had unfortunately been uh, a death from somebody who had, you know, had way too much alcohol one night, and so obviously that's a very serious story, but we were all just looking to sit around and have a good time outside, and suddenly there was a reporter wanting to ask us all these questions. And she asked the question, did you know you can die from drinking too much alcohol? I said, you can die from drinking too much water. And so the very <laughs> next day, this one story, the only time I was ever quoted in the local newspaper was, Will Pearson reports, you can die from drinking too much water. So fact. It is a fact. <laughs> that was one of our first facts. So. Having that much hot sauce in your bag maybe isn't the greatest idea. And and actually, you know, the gym is another place where hot sauce won't do you any favors. Speaking of other myths, I'd, I'd always heard that spicy foods can help boost your metabolism. The idea there is that when your body gets all hot and sweaty while eating spicy foods, that it must be burning calories in the process, you know, since that's what happens when you exercise. Mm-hmm. But sadly, that's not the case with capsaicin. Studies have shown that any increase in metabolic rate brought on by spicy foods is statistically negligible. So in other words, the 1,000 calories you get from an overstuffed burrito, you can't really undo that by just putting a lot of hot sauce on it. (laughs) Well, since you just took a potential benefit of spicy foods off the table, I'm going to even things out and do the same thing with one of its potential harms. So you've probably heard that rumor that too much spice can do permanent harm to your taste buds. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't sound too crazy on paper, right? Like capsaicin can lead to such an overwhelming mouth burn that it can be tough to taste anything else for a while, which might make you think that your taste buds are well and truly busted. But the good news is that capsaicin doesn't damage your taste buds tissue at all. Yeah, I was actually going to say, you know, much like hair, taste buds are constantly being replaced. So the idea of doing permanent damage to them, it, it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, I mean, eating hot foods, and I'm talking temperature here, not spiciness, can kill taste buds. But like you said, those are replaced pretty often. So even that wouldn't be permanent. And when it comes to capsaicin, there's really no risk at all. Because like we've been saying, the chemical interacts with our heat-sensing receptors, not our taste buds. So even if your tongue feels numb after eating something spicy, your taste buds are totally fine. All right, well, now that we've covered some things that spicy foods can't do to your body, I do quickly want to go over some of the things that actually they can do. So for starters, spicy foods like curries, hot sauce, and wasabi absolutely can make your nose run. And the reason why comes down to the natural irritants those foods contain. So in the case of chili peppers, that would be capsaicin. Now, when the chemicals come in contact with your mucous membranes, the membranes get inflamed and switch into defense mode. And this is where things get runny because those membranes start producing mucus in order to trap any irritants that might be floating around unchecked. 
Then any captured intruders are drained out through the nasal passage. So then it really is sound advice to, you know, eat hot soup or something when you want to clear out your sinuses. Actually, I'd always been told that, but really I've learned more recently that that's not the case. Because while eating something spicy can provide temporary relief for a stuffy nose, in the long run, this may actually cause more harm than good. So if you think about it, the chemicals I mentioned can also irritate the muscles in your nose, and that causes them to let in more air than they normally would. And when this happens, the receptors in the nose inform the brain that you're breathing much easier. So the net result is that you think the hot soup or whatever worked its magic. But in reality, you've just fallen for yet another one of Capsation's chemical tricks. <laughs> now, once the heat wears off, your nose muscles contract again, and you're back to feeling all stuffed up. Except now you've got a bunch of extra snot on top of everything else, and it actually leaves you worse off than you were before. Oh, crazy. I've never heard that before. So, speaking of spicy irritants that do a number on your insides, do you know something similar happens in our intestine when we eat spicy foods? You might remember from the flavor episode that we don't just have taste buds in our mouths, but all throughout our bodies, including in our colon and intestines. And when these intestinal buds sense the inflammatory chemicals we've been talking about, they relay a message to the brain telling it to get these irritants out of the body ASAP. Oh, wow. So this is why spicy foods can make some people nauseous or or even send them running to the bathroom, I guess. Exactly. So the brain responds to the threat by speeding up bowel movements. And if you eat something especially spicy, your body basically goes to DEFCON 1. Yeah. For example, I I read this uh, case study about a guy who ate a bunch ghost peppers at an eating contest, and he actually threw up so hard. As a result, he actually tore a hole in his esophagus. Oh, good lord. That sounds awful. Was the guy okay? He was, and thankfully he got treatment fast enough to prevent what otherwise could have been a pretty nasty death. Oh, I'm guessing he'll lay off the ghost peppers from now on, too. But that's not like Tristan over here, who's been dominating his spread of spicy foods for, what, like half an hour Mm -hmm. now? I don't know what's going on with this guy, but that intestinal irritation should have kicked in by now. Wouldn't you think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think he's got a stomach of steel, but it's only a matter of time at this point. All right, well, we better work quick. So what do you say we get to the fact off? So I'm not sure if you realize this, but our offices sit in the second spiciest city in America. And these are the cities where people most commonly order spicy foods at restaurants. This is according to Grubhub. Charlotte actually takes the crown at number one. And it's followed by Atlanta, then Austin, Dallas, and then San Francisco. Okay, so given your love of spice and the ability to look as cool as a cucumber when you eat spicy foods, I've got a place for you to visit. So have you ever been to the Brick Lane Curry House in New York? Mm Mm-mm. So they have this ridiculously hot curry, and they put customers up to the challenge to see who can finish the dish that it's served in. It's actually so hot that the chef wears a gas mask as he prepares it. (laughs) But if you finish it, you'll get a free beer, a picture on their website, and a certificate showing you've done it. A certificate, Mango. (laughs) Well, that sounds nice, but I'm actually going for a bigger prize. And that's why I think I'm going to take on the Inferno Soup Challenge at Nidalee's Thai Mex Cuisine in St. Petersburg, Florida. And the soup has noodles and chicken and a bunch of vegetables, but it also has crushed ghost peppers and lots of other peppers. To try it out, you actually have to be over 18. You have to be of sound mind and health and, of course, sober. (laughs) And it wasn't until 2012 that someone finally managed to finish off a bowl and they won 1,500 bucks as a result. Wow. That is a lot of money, but I can't imagine that it's worth it for the pain that that must (laughs) cost. not at all. 
So I was actually laughing about this. I was reading about how many Mexicans are often puzzled by how Americans basically guzzle salsa. I mean, we love it that much. There was a great quote from a chef that was interviewed by the New York Times. He's based in Mexico, and he said, Watching someone shovel in salsa with tortilla chips is strange to Mexicans, like how an American would feel watching someone drink salad dressing out of a bottle. (laughs) So speaking of salsa, I'm not sure if you remember this, but back in 1998, the USDA officially declared salsa a vegetable, and this allowed schools to start serving it more. And, And this, of course, irked ketchup makers because they had tried and failed to get the same designation years before. This does make me feel a little bit better about all of our salsa consumption when we go to Mexican restaurants. So it's, many it's vegetables. kind of frightening how much we eat when we're there. But yeah, now we're eating a lot of vegetables. I, I'm pretty sure this means we're super healthy eaters. <laughs> the 500 tortilla chips are, are good for you too, right? I, I, I would think assume. So. Let's go with yes. We'll do an episode <laughs> on that on a later date. So I'm going to declare you the winner of today's Fact Off. Congratulations, Mango. Thanks so much, Will. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks again for listening. Part-Time Genius is a production of How Stuff Works and wouldn't be possible without several brilliant people who do the important things we couldn't even begin to understand. Tristan McNeil does the editing thing. Noel Brown made the theme song and does the mixy-mixy sound thing. (laughs) Jerry Rowland does the exact producer thing. Gabe Luzier is our lead researcher with support from the research army, including Austin Thompson, Nolan Brown, and Lucas Adams. And Eves Jeffcoat gets the show to your ears. Good job, Eves. If you like what you heard, we hope you'll subscribe. And if you really, really like what you've heard, maybe you could leave a good review for us. Did we, did we forget Jason? Jason who? This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.